you have made it to this week's Citizens Climate University. It's a weekly webinar program of CCL that supports uh, citizen advocates like you and I with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. I'm your host, Brett Cease, and tonight's topic is going to be jumping into how to lead a lobby team. Thank you so much for being here on this training. We're gonna go into detail about the special role of a lobby meeting leader, obviously making sure that the lead knows how to help this team go smoothly through the meeting plan and everyone knows how to work together to ensure a successful meeting. You might be listening into this call because you know you're leading a lobby team meeting soon in December or because you realize you might still be needing uh, needed in this role for your local chapter. Or maybe you just want to deepen your skills and understanding of how CCL prepares our volunteer lobbyists. So regardless of how you found us, we're glad to have you on tonight's training. A little bit of background behind our speakers tonight. I'll be joining with Susan Adams. I'm CCL's Senior Director of Education and Engagement. And Susan, my dear friend, is CCL's Regional Coordinator for the Third Coast Region, which includes Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. So thank you all. Uh, thank you, Susan, for joining tonight. And if we've done our job well, our three learning goals are really gonna be able to highlight the importance that you play as lobby meeting leaders. You are the secret behind which the magic happens. We wouldn't have successful meetings without you. We also wanna emphasize the importance that advanced planning plays in helping provide all of these helpful recommendations. And we also wanna demonstrate a few of the how-tos in terms of navigating or adapting to potential challenging situations you might encounter as a leader. So to accomplish that, we're really just gonna have the following five-fold agenda with a couple of breaks for Q&A. We'll start again by emphasizing how important it is to have leads like you. We'll then be able to do some advanced planning. And you know, in this case, you're working to really create good relationships among members of your team. So we'll get into how you can show up as a leader with additional leadership considerations. And you know, before diving into the nitty gritty, We'll also talk about the importance of really building those connections throughout your team. So with that though, thank you all so much for being here. We'll get started tonight with the importance of leadership. And with that, I'll pass it to Susan and you all are welcome to start putting your questions in the chat and following along with our slides. Thanks again for being here. Lovely, lovely. Thank you so much, Brett. And thank you everybody for being here tonight. Um, it's exciting to be a part of Citizens Climate University. So uh, leadership, yeah, as you know, leadership is probably the most crucial uh, role in our lobby meetings. Uh, thoughtful leadership, though, is time consuming because it requires self-reflection as well as getting to know your team. Many of us have had the opportunity to step out of our comfort zone, and you really are doing this when you step up to be a leader, uh, which can be kind of complicated, especially when you're managing yet another year of the pandemic, we're doing virtual meetings, or you're trying to follow the zigzags of the reconciliation process. So just know that uh, we're really grateful that you've stepped up to this role. I wanted to share with you real quick, uh, a really great quote by John Woods of Braver Angels. Um, he said, our nation faces a test right now. You could say it's a test of our commitment to social justice, constitutional liberty, economic survival. Each of these may be right, but more than anything, we face a test of our ability to hold true to the civic conscience of American life, that freedom fighters from the revolution to Dr. King and beyond died to give life to. That is, 
an America in which we meet injustice and political differences with moral resolve coupled with goodwill for our neighbors and commitment to the communities that are the cradles of our shared tomorrow. And I think that last bit is the important bit for me. You know, this is what we as leaders in CCL and what your leadership is really all about, is bringing that goodwill and this commitment to the communities that are the cradles of our shared tomorrow. So with that, I want to just take a minute to thank you. Um, we know you have lots of commitments in your life, lots of demands in your time. You could be doing a lot of things. And so we really appreciate that you're potentially stepping outside of your comfort zone and taking on this important role to be a leader. We can't thank you enough for being willing to do that. Um, putting yourselves out there to help our live meetings go well. It's just, it's a, a huge gift that you're giving us and we're really grateful to all you do and all the work that you do. We couldn't do it without you. So before we jump into the training though, I wanted to make sure to just give you a quick review of what makes constituent lobbyists so powerful in meetings with our members of Congress so that you understand why you're doing this to begin with. A lot of us feel really nervous going into meetings and that's a normal feeling. I have even been known to throw up before meetings when I first started out. But remember, we have one huge advantage and that is that we are constituents, not professional lobbyists. So, you know, although we want to be professional in our meetings, you don't have to try to be a professional lobbyist. Um, this is as true in the US as it is for our volunteers in Canada, Australia, any other country. Um, our admirers in Congress have continually shared with us that when they see CCL lobbyists, they know that they're seeing us on our own dime. We're putting in our time, our money to come and see them and they really appreciate that. So keeping that in mind, when you're leading, when you're in these meetings, relax and just be yourself. Do whatever helps you get into that empowered place, that listening place ahead of your meeting. I personally take some deep breaths. I do some power poses. Apparently putting your hands over your head actually does stuff in your brain. Um, and just remember that you're part of a team of really great capable people. Part of what sets CCL apart in the eyes of congressional offices is that we are ordinary people who just care really deeply about the future of our planet. And so know that as an ordinary human, there will be mistakes. You're gonna make mistakes, your teammates are gonna make mistakes and it's really not a big deal. There will be things your team will say that you think could have been said better or you know whatever. We're gonna show you how to handle some of those situations in the training, but we are building relationships. So be human and just embrace whatever happens. So in the short amount of time when you're actually leading the meeting, um, how you facilitate that meeting is really important. And so let's step back for a second and consider the bigger picture for just a second. And here's the bigger picture. You as a meeting leader are positioned to nurture and empower others. So you're not there to be the boss of the meeting, to be everything in the meeting. You are there to help grow and empower others. And how do you do that? Well, by showing faith in the other members of your team. And so that's really what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to have faith in other folks, give them roles that might be a stretch for them and have faith in them that they're going to be able to do them. Um, having faith in others means that you know that there are gonna be some coachable moments, which is a nice way of saying there'll be mistakes. <laughs> uh, you know, to feel empowered, people need to be put into situations where they can both succeed and fail. And this is something we get a lot of opportunities in, with in CCL and failure is just part of our learning experience. 
So as a leader, your role is really to bring out the best in people. And to do that, you put in time to plan, to practice, then there's tricks during the meeting and after the meeting where you can really help your team be their best. Oh, yes. So I, I, this is what I always say. The meeting leader is the conductor. You're there to manage the meeting, not to dominate it. There will be exceptions, perhaps, like if you have particular expertise in something or you have a relationship, but you are not there to be the one who talks the most. You are there in charge of the transitions and in charge of conducting the music of your meeting. So you are gonna be helping with the transition points between speakers or between roles. You're gonna get the conversation back on track if it, if it slips off a bit. You're gonna help wrap things up. You're gonna cue people verbally, uh, on a, maybe on an online meeting or non-verbally. Maybe you can text them um, if they're talking too long. Um, ideally, if there's constituents and a liaison present, you as a leader are going to ensure that the constituents are heard from, that they get a chance to speak. Um, <clears throat> it's helpful to look for facial and body cues when you're in these meetings. It's easier in a face-to-face -face meeting than on Zoom. Um, but, you know, being able to understand the meeting situation and respond accordingly and knowing that kind of, you know, you're the one conducting this uh, train, you know, so you're the one who's going to have to kind of move it around. That's really helpful. You have to just keep that goal of deepening the relationship at the forefront of your mind and at the forefront of your lobby team's mind. And also remember that you're trying to get the staffer to speak 50% of the time. I think that's another thing that's easy to forget as leaders. We do all this preparation and then, you know, the objective is actually to let the congressperson or a staffer speak. And lastly, just know that you are contributing to a strong relationship that we've been building as an organization over the past decade across Congress. So as leaders, you can feel confident that we have the political savvy, the policy savvy, the skill set, and the grassroots support to pass effective legislation like carbon dividend bills. So, you know, something to consider. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that that's enough about that. Oh, I did want to just say, um, there is a kind of special case of mentoring that can be especially rewarding, uh, and that is to empower and mentor young adults. So if possible, see if you can get some young adults, adults involved in your meeting. Uh, for example, you can get younger people to feel a part of your team by leaning on their technology expertise. Uh, they can often contribute so much in that area and that makes them feel good. But I also you know, suggest that you give them other roles. I've had a lot of um, really empowering experiences with young people who are very adept speakers, letting them ask some open-ended questions or even having them make the main ask. So, um, so I think now I will pass it to Brett for more information about advanced planning. Hey, thank you so much, Susan. That was, I think, just really important tone set to highlight how come and how um, each of us as lobby leads is incredibly relevant and important to the overall benefit for our lobby drive. All right, so let's actually talk, like uh, Susan mentioned here, about some important considerations to keep in mind as you're going to help your team with advanced planning. And obviously, right now, the time you take for planning ahead on your lobby meeting is going to help you use it to empower your team during this stage. A quick little reminder, if you aren't already aware, obviously, we have uh, already had our main two lobby trainings. And, you know, getting ready for your team to gear up for lobby days, it can be as easy as one, two, three with trainings. We had CCL's Vice President of Government Affairs, Ben Pendergrass, 
and Senior Director of Government Affairs, Jennifer Tyler, give both the October 10th legislative plan training, which was segmented by your member of Congress, as well as the November 10th lobby training number two about our primary and supporting asks. And we also obviously have an ongoing online climate advocate training, which we ask any new volunteer to take on their own time. There's a pre-recorded version or you can register for a live opportunity. And that is available also at this upcoming conference weekend. So to find out more information about any of these, I'll put a link in the chat where you can you know, either search on CCL community or visit this simple short link. It's really easy to find more information about all of these. You simply go to cclusa.org forward slash preparing dash four dash lobby dash day. Just two quick slides though as a review, just so you can kind of get this in your head. Uh, obviously as leads, depending on who you're meeting with this year, we're doing a segmented strategy for December. So on this left column, you get to pick who you're meeting with. Is it a Senate Democrat, a Senate Republican, et cetera? This middle column is the primary ask. So obviously in the past, we've really focused largely on carbon fee and dividend or the Energy Innovation Act. We've had several other supporting asks be primary asks in the past. This year though, all of our primary asks for the end of the session are supporting asks that we've had this session. And so you can kind of line up, okay, well, if I'm with a Senate Dem, I'm gonna ask them to focus on co-sponsoring and making sure the RISE Act or the NCARS passes. So the reason why, and again, we can go to Q&A if you have any questions of this, but as Ben shared, we trust you to know what's best for you and your district and your member of Congress. So you can pick which best aligns with you following that helpful guide. And we know that this Congress has already been historic. It's monumental, it's watershed. This is the most climate action that's really ever happened in the history of the US Congress. And we wanna push them even a little further to finish even stronger and lock in those bipartisan climate wins now while we still have that opportunity to lame duck. So that's where we're focused on. Carbon price is definitely gonna to continue to be a priority for us next session. But as Ben and Jen reminded us right now, that focus is a priority on next Congress. And for this current period in the lame duck, we wanna focus on locking in as many bipartisan climate wins as we still can. So with that context, feel free to put any questions you have in the chat and let's jump in to thinking about a couple of key considerations you might wanna have for your team if you haven't already. One of those is the importance of what size and overall composition for your team will do for that meeting. You wanna prioritize important voices for your district and clarify a couple of these key questions, right? First, are you meeting in person or online? Chances are for a lot of December meetings, they're not gonna be in district or in DC. They're probably gonna be online. And that's gonna dictate some of the considerations we'll go over next. Secondly, you wanna think about, you know, what are your goals? Who wants to be involved? You have a lot of young adults, like Susan mentioned, that are looking to share their story. Um, you know, again, once they get involved, make sure to check in with your member's office that they're okay, obviously, with any or all of the total amount that you might have meeting. And if you haven't been doing so already, work with your liaison and group leaders to determine who you think should be on the lobby team like you usually would for any of our other meetings. Think about who you want to include that may not be a normal chapter volunteer, but like a local business leader or a trusted messenger, somebody that you might want to work with to verify and support a lot of the messages that you're giving, depending on your ask. And it's always empowering to have new volunteers join in. And even if they don't have that big of a role, having them catch that bug, that democracy bug, and seeing it in action, I think is just incredibly inspirational and it begets more and more involvement. So another thing that you wanna think about is if you are online, what platform do you wanna use? Obviously setting the appointments already, you've probably already encouraged your appointment setter to ask the congressional office, 
how they'd like to meet, uh, whether it's phone only, Zoom, WebEx, another platform. You know, we obviously can indicate from our end what our preference is, but you also want to be leaving that to the member's office. And we have plenty of trainings and resources on this. I'm not going to dive into it unless we get to it in the Q&A. All you have to do is go and search in community for our best practices in conference or Zoom security. Um, and you can also easily just search online, whether you use Google or DuckDuckGo, kind of keywords like, you know, WebEx training or, um, you know, Zoom support, you name it, you're going to find it online. So the next thing I want you to think about is once you've had your team um, or the, your idea of where you're meeting online, think about for assembling your team, who is going to be a part of that and how are you going to walk them through bonding and getting together? Chances are the liaison on the important centers uh, already kind of assembled some of the people on the team as the lead. Who else do you want to make sure is there like we talked about? But also start thinking ahead of time on when you want to meet. And in those planning sessions, we have plenty of resources you can use as a template to start getting people on the same page. So again, one of the great things that we have as a template, I'll put a link to in the chat, but we really wanna trust you to also think ahead on what would be most helpful for you and your team in thinking through that meeting planning process. So here's a link in the chat to the meeting template process. You can easily find it by just typing in meeting plan template for those that are listening in later. And again, use your own judgment and planning and carrying out that meeting planning to be flexible and responsive to the ideas of your whole team. All right, so one of the other things that we always remind leads of this can be easy to overlook um, and you can coordinate with your liaison on it, is that the Congressional Management Foundation reminds us one of the most important things you can do in advance is sending your agenda to the lobby uh, actual members of Congress or staff. So a list of who's coming, you know, especially if they're constituents or identifying them with a quick bio, saying what your primary ask specifically will be and, you know, any follow-up or local evidence of additional support for that ask, you name it. Uh, but those are the three things you wanna make sure if you can consolidate in a brief, and I'm talking one or two paragraphs brief, we don't want any kind of long email here, but in advance to that lobby, um, <clears throat> your member of Congress or your um, staff or whoever you're lobbying with, that's gonna be deeply appreciated to frame the conversation. We also, in this online era, like Susan hinted at, want to give a couple of quick considerations for uh, online meetings, and then we're actually going to pause for Q&A here. Um, I find it really helpful to actually set up a group text with everyone on your lobby team meeting ahead of time, and you can use that then to communicate with each other before, obviously, the lobby meeting, and even during it. It's a way to kind of proverbially kick each other under the table if somebody's talking too much or they have broccoli in their teeth, right? You have that group text to help each other remind and have that quiet communication without the member of Congress seeing it. You also wanna make sure to remind everyone in the preparation meetings to minimize distractions that might interrupt them during the meeting. So have them mute their phones or especially on the computer, those really annoying notification sounds that will ping depending if you have another channel like Slack open. You wanna make sure their pets uh, and uh, kids have a plan so that they don't interrupt you like the news anchors uh, on TV that we see kind of have the kids crash through the door. And you also wanna think about what they look like on camera during your practice session, have their background. If they do have one like this, make it look professional or, or simple. You know, if they have an actual natural background like Susan has, 
make sure that it's not distracting or cluttered and that you know would draw away attention from the meeting. You also wanna remind your members, even though it's online, to dress professionally as if you're still meeting in person. You wanna be mindful of how they appear on the screen, have a good source of front-facing light, make sure that you're not doing the up nostril shot, you know, or having people you know, not actually well-balanced in the frame, having a stable background is key. And that also even in your, your Zoom name, right? Have them practice renaming themselves like we have here with their full name. You can even include a little additional uh, pro feature like your name and your location or your preferred pronouns, or maybe the biggest thing that you appreciate your member of Congress for. You name it, you can get creative with that, but just make sure that people aren't uh, renaming themselves as if they're, you know, Terry's iPad or, um, you know, um, we have uh, obviously, you know, just a whole bunch of other random numbers too, having even the phone people have that show up too. Um, and then the last thing you wanna have here is just, you wanna make sure that they have a strong internet connection. And the way to do that, I would say, is check, you know, obviously in your planning meeting that they can handle and be, you know, um, video and audio sound clear and connected and not robotic. But then especially during the meeting, an hour ahead of time, restart the computer, make sure that Zoom is up to date before you join or whatever your platform is, make sure that it's updated. You want to close out other applications or windows and turn off any other devices in the house that are connected to the internet if you're having difficulties. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you can also have your people turn off your video camera because that then uses less bandwidth in the meeting if they suddenly just start to sound a little bit choppy. Um, and obviously things like Susan said are flexible being that plans can happen last minute, uh, best laid plans of uh, mice and men, right? Um, and another great resource just as closing here is your state or regional coordinator as Susan and I can both attest to um, having served in these roles, it's a real honor to be able to help plan these meetings with you. So if you have any questions or you want to just, you know, brainstorm, hey, this is what we're thinking about. Does that sound like a good fit? Are you hearing that in the other, you know, meetings in the state? Please reach out if you haven't already, and they'd love to also support you as another uh, voice of truth. Lovely, lovely. Okay, well, thank you so much, Brett. So We've talked about how the planning process goes. So now let's talk about how to connect and coordinate with your team before your lobby meeting. Um, so once your team is firmed up, uh, introduce yourself via email or better yet, call them or text them. We find that with so many emails these days that that one-on-one -on -one phone call can actually be a really great way to connect and get to know your team members. Um, and just get them to feel welcome and more comfortable. Um, you know, ask each person what role they prefer to fill if they're new to CCL. So this might be a good time to review what the roles are, explain the importance of each role, maybe hold out to them uh, the easiest roles, <laughs> uh, especially if you don't know a volunteer who's going to be joining your team. It's really worthwhile spending a few minutes getting to know them one-on-one -on -one so you can kind of figure out what might be a good fit for them, how much they know, you know, develop that trust between each other. Um, and then once you've kind of done that, send an email out introducing all your team members to one another. Um, maybe use a tool like when to meet or something to ask them to choose from a list of dates for a planning meeting, or maybe several planning meetings uh, before the lobby date, just so that you can get everybody on the same page. Uh, in your email, you know, include the relevant links that you want 
them to work with. So maybe include a meeting plan template, which can be a guide. Maybe you want to include a link to the meeting roles um, in CCL community. Um, I often include the member of Congress's biography, which you can also get on CCL community just to get them started. Um, and you know, you can yourself use the meeting plan planning template as a guide when you're discussing everyone's ideas for the lobby meeting. You know, you're going to be just as a reminder. I'm sure you've already done this training, but uh, you're going to be doing an appreciation, and you're going to have a primary ask and a supporting ask, and you know, a list of open-ended questions for the discussion. Um, and we've got lots of planning guidance. I think Brett's going to put something in the chat there to help you from lobbying 201 and then sort of like what so i guess this is my question for you are, what are you guys as meeting leads doing right now to prepare for your planning sessions so in an ideal world and of course there are many things you can be doing and you might not have the time to do all of these and we realize that some of us maybe are going to be scrambling to get ready if you get a lobby meeting at the last minute but anyway Ideally, you're going to try and read through the last year or two of meeting notes to get a sense of where things stand with the office, um, what's been tried before, what's been discussed, what things have been left said last meeting that you said you were going to do, that kind of thing. Of course, if you're in a meeting with an office for the first time, you don't have any meeting minutes. Um, if there's a meeting plan that's been submitted by the liaison, review what their plan is with everybody on the team. Discuss the meeting plan strategy or create one. Um, and you can use the primary and supporting asks that Brett just went over um, that Ben and Jen provided for us. Um, and just let everybody in the team kind of weigh in on what they think is important. Review the concept of open-ended questions with them and, uh, and when to use them. One thing that I like to do is actually have folks choose some open-ended questions and that way if you have a shy constituent in your team and they have an open-ended question then you can you know gesture to them at some point during the meeting and be like julie you had a question and then they can spit out their open-ended question um if not already specified in the meeting plan you may want to like i said you know settle on a supporting ask um you might want to like in your planning meeting talk to people about how you will be queuing them because as the team lead you're going to be facilitating the transition verbally or with you know cues in a virtual meeting from one section to another so you might warn somebody like i'm going to give you an open-ended question and i will throw it to you and say layla would you like to ask the question that you came with today or you know <clears throat> practice with them what the introductions might look like that kind of thing um Maybe your team won't need cues, but if you have a lot of newbies, you know, maybe they do, will. We trust you to do what's right for your situation. And there are some sample meeting outlines on CCL community that you can go over with your team. Um, and then, of course, you want to assign roles during the uh, planning meeting and make sure that you've got somebody assigned to all of the things. As the meeting lead, part of your role is to encourage everyone to participate in the discussion. So even if they're not comfortable taking on a more formal role, obviously having that chance as a constituent or someone concerned to still be engaged in the dialogue is key. And that clearly, you know, one of the other things that we'll talk about in just a bit is having that adaptive awareness that if a staff or a member of Congress is clearly bonding with one person in your chapter in particular, 
you can have that person speak more than the others. That's okay. You don't have to like keep redirecting them away from that. Uh, but know that we also want to have that uh, the the ranch that uh, the, we're betting the ranch on relationships. So it's really important that regardless of who's there, that everyone still feels like they were able to participate. Um, and so obviously we've listed these roles right here um, as the appreciator. Sometimes I've seen that go through where everyone has a thank you for the member of Congress, but at least one person is designated to do that. You have the asker, the person that really is the most comfortable or conversant with your primary ask. They're the one that's gonna confidently and crisply introduce that one pager, ask and then pause to see what the staff or the member of Congress says and start taking great notes at that point with your note taker. Optimally, that person has a lot of experience with past lobby meetings and allow them to capture a lot of the nuance because we want to key in on the details of what they are acting to rather than what we are saying as much. So that's really the, the main goal with the note taker. Time monitor obviously tracks that most important of integrity values, staying on time, not over wearing our welcome, uh, but also the number of open-ended questions and the percentage of time roughly that we're making sure that the member of Congress or the staff are speaking because we want at least a 50-50 dialogue. Tech support, obviously, like Susan highlighted, that's really a key with online support. We've already gone over that. And then follow-up. If a tree falls in the woods, you want somebody to hear it, right? You don't want to have all this big old meeting take place and then quiet crickets. Who's going to be designated to kind of follow up, make sure the liaison maintains that connection, the momentum is built on for that next step that you've agreed on at the end of your meeting. Um, so obviously jumping in on discussing leadership considerations, this is obviously, I think, kind of, again, the hidden identity of the group uh, or the actual kind of lobby lead is just modeling leadership. How, how do you actually model leadership with how you're kind of conducting the overall discussion and framework by which your team is really feeling as one as you're jumping into this experience? So obviously we want to start with thinking about, you know, as we've talked about the planning and preparation, let's now jump in with the actual pre-meeting huddle. So for people right before the actual start of the meeting, we've got a little World Cup theme going on here. Um, many groups have, you know, found that, you know, having a pre-meeting huddle ahead of your online meeting, since we're talking in the context of a lot of these meetings being on Zoom or whatever, that's key. You can set up a waiting room on the meeting that you already have set up with your member of Congress or their staff. That way that, you know, they can't jump early. You'll see them in the waiting room when they are ready. Or you could also set up a different ID um, to obviously kind of meet separately and then hop over to the main line five minutes ahead of the actual call. Wherever you're meeting, ahead of time in that huddle, feel free just to, as the leader, model relaxation, smile, have fun, be present in that moment. You know, people have a lot of jitters, especially if it's their first time. You're there to help normalize it and help them feel like it's going to be an okay, fun time. You want to help them remember their role, kind of go around and, you know, everyone, okay, you're you're playing midfield. Okay, great. Yep, you're the left striker. Okay, great. You're going to be the goalie. Don't let a ball go through, right? Like help them remember their role with a quick summary. And, you know, maybe somebody doesn't show up. So in that hall, you have to reassign roles as necessary. A quick restatement of your goals of the meeting and the primary ask. You want to make sure, again, to check that people are in a good place with where they're at. They're not going to be distracted, again, by all those things we talked about, and they're looking good on the camera. And, uh, you know, I would say the biggest thing right now that I'm pushing myself to remember is open-ended questions. 
modeling that by reflecting back with the team a couple of those examples in the last minute so that in the dialogue that emerges, you feel good about making sure that the questions you're posing open them up to talking more rather than just a short little yes, no, or this is my answer, moving on. So that's the huddle. And now what we're gonna do is think about in the actual meeting, having a couple of these transition examples as lead, how you can get out of some tight spots here. Susan, I'll pass it to you. Sure, so I mean, one way to verbally signal a transition is just to say you're doing it explicitly. So like an example, of this might be something like, Congresswoman, I wanna thank you for your recent efforts to protect your constituents from identity theft. That's a really important issue to us as well. But today we're here to talk about another important topic. So Brett's gonna let you know more about why we're here today and what we're seeking. And then I explicitly have mentioned Brett so he knows that he's about to be the one to do the talking. Well, so, I mean, every meeting is really different. So you just kind of need to proceed with what feels comfortable and appropriate for your situation. You know, just try and be present and listen carefully and figure out what part of your plan, if any, needs to be scrapped because, uh, you know, like Brett said, the best laid plans of mice and men, right? Um, so here's an example that demonstrates how you might transition from the discussion to the end of the meeting close. So, Congresswoman, I see that we're nearing the end of our time with you today. So we just wanted to recap the next steps we plan to take with your office following today's excellent meeting. Excellent. And we've all been in scenarios where all of a sudden you find yourself in a completely different land. You're not in Kansas anymore. So let's talk <laughs> about how to get back on track, right? Uh, we have a whole training on handling different situations or what we call lobbying 301, handling difficult scenarios where we review several of these scenarios. Uh, but just as one example, obviously uh, in this case, what I'm actually gonna do is um, I'm gonna play uh, the member of Congress who is trying to kind of railroad the meeting and only talk about pet issues that I care about. Let's see if Susan can get us back to what we're, we're there for. All right, so Susan, the real ongoing challenge we face is healthcare in this country right now. We need deep-seated policy change, especially given all the ways our country is broken. We've got no access, astronomical cost, limited coverage, you name it. That's been my focus and will continue to be so in this next session. Well, I, I thank you, Congressman Brett, for raising these important concerns about reforms to healthcare. We hear you, um, but as an organization, we don't take a position on health policy. We do take a position on the positive health outcomes that will come from our country placing a pollution fee on greenhouse gas emissions. So this approach isn't just good for our climate, but it also improves the health of everyday Americans and prevents premature deaths by reducing pollution that Americans breathe. We know poor air quality alone leads to something like 114,000 US deaths each year and sickens thousands more. Would it be helpful for your office to connect you with public health or healthcare professionals from our district who are on the front lines addressing these negative health impacts? I think that'd be a great way to obviously keep on having that health focus. Thank you. Situational awareness. What is this? Um, basically is understanding what is happening in the moment as the challenge is happening. So as the meeting leader, you're going to do all this advanced planning and preparation, and that's all very well and good and important. But, uh, you know, you can't go to a meeting expecting everything to go according to plan and just go on autopilot. Um, you're doing all this practice ahead of time, uh, like George, he's meeting with his folks a couple of times, but 
you never know what scenarios will actually play out. And so that's why we always need to be focused on what is being said in the moment. And as a team, be ready to help each other respond to what we're actually hearing, not to what we expect or think we heard. Um, as the meeting leader, you should recognize when it might be appropriate to diverge from your plan. And we refer, we refer to this as situational awareness. It's the ability to perceive and understand what is happening in the moment, and then being able to react to the challenges as they happen, um, and to do so gracefully. So good situational awareness means you're not only listening to the words that are being said, but you're maybe also picking up on the tone of voice or the body language or you know, you know, other cues that maybe are a little bit under the words. One of the benefits of having a team is that if you don't pick up on a particular cue from your member of Congress or the staffer, maybe one of your fellow lobbyists will. It's important for your team to trust each other so you can speak up when you see something. Um, and this is also a nice time to have some other channel, especially when we're using these online meetings. You don't just have to kick someone under the table, but you might be able to text one another. Um, all the team members should feel empowered to ask follow-up questions or to help redirect if a conversation is being derailed or if they see something that's going um, pear-shaped, we might say. Hmm. Great, great examples. Yeah, thank you on that, obviously. And just kind of building on that, a couple of things that I think as lead, you can also have a listening ear for is that empowerment of others around you to thrive in their role and obviously come back and want to even have a deeper role the next time. So one of the ways we can do that is taking note as you are seeing the meeting unfold, obviously on who's, you know, not being heard, especially if somebody is being too vocal or, you know, the game plan is diverging from your original um, meeting planning. You want to take note, especially if there's a power dynamic going on in your meeting with one individual who just keeps dominating it. And, you know, again, one of the phrases we love saying and reminding each other is lobbying is a team sport. So it's our role as leads to make sure that all voices are present to have a chance to be a part of that meeting. And, you know, also to take a look out for the silent constituent. You might even just, you know, in that moment, choose to encourage them to speak, you know, as it gets back to a discussion element with a cue like, you know, Susan, I'd like to just pause for a moment. And I know in prior discussions, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about this. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that point? Some other way, you know, whatever's natural for you to just name and overtly call in other people on your team. If somebody stumbles too, uh, some of these other transition examples, you know, encouraging them to say them out loud, even as a team, so that it feels natural. And in the moment, we can know how to diffuse the heat of that moment with each other. So if somebody stumbles, rather than correct them out loud, um, building on it by saying, if I may add to, say, uh, to something to what Susan was saying, having that be a way that we can, again, be an additive collaborative environment. Your team's obviously going to appreciate you for not correcting them or pointing out they forgot something in that moment. And, you know, again, one of the other great things we go over a little bit more in depth in Lobbying 301 is say you've got a real angry constituent. In this scenario, I'm actually going to play a volunteer that is getting agitated. And obviously, I just want to underscore this is not something that commonly happens. So in case, though, it does, you can be prepared for it by staying calm. Here's how it might play out. I'll play that angry volunteer. Students going to demonstrate a team leader and how they handle it. All right, here we go. Cue me. It's you guys in Congress who are just stalling this out and making the matter worse. 
so Congresswoman, obviously we're very passionate people and we're working very hard to try to get something done, done on time. Uh, you were just saying that, you're think, that you think driving innovation should be front and center of any renewable energy agenda. Could we share with you more about what we've learned about how this growing global trend toward accountability for carbon emissions actually creates an opportunity for America to capitalize on its competitive advantage? The size of your team will vary from meeting to meeting and that and the format you're going to use will vary accordingly. Um, so say you have two or three volunteers in a meeting, then each person is going to need to fill one or more roles. Or if your meeting is on the phone, you probably don't want to have more than two or three people because it becomes kind of challenging. Um, sometimes there is a, a good call to have a larger group. Um, so this means that some folks don't get to speak that much outside of their initial brief personal intro story. Or if you have lots and lots of people, they really want to have their intro stories be very brief. So as a leader, you're going to want to acknowledge and appreciate them for being there. Um, and having additional people in the meeting whose role is looking, you know, uh, sorry, having, you know, so even if they don't say much, you want to just affirm that they are paying a key, uh, playing a key role anyway. Um, in fact, in a, a few of our Senate meetings, we have experimented with having observers where a lot of CCL volunteers can support the lobby team by being present on Zoom with their camera on, but they are muted. So like having, say 50 or 75 people there. Um, it's just kind of an, an interesting uh, and um, impactful effect. You may run into situations where only minutes ahead of the meeting, one of your team members texts and uh, says they're not gonna be able to make it or they're gonna be late. Coming in late has the chance to significantly disrupt your meeting. Of course, this is a bigger deal uh, in person than on Zoom where people can sometimes slip in. But you should be clear with your team ahead of time that the only time you want a member to join the meeting already in progress is if they're the only constituent in that meeting. Otherwise, politely let your group know that coming in late will disrupt the meeting and that you will fill them in on the meeting afterwards. Um, for Zoom meetings, you can actually lock the room after the staff and member of Congress has arrived and that'll help you just avoid any um, uncomfortable moments. So then directly after the meeting, we do suggest that you have an immediate meeting debrief. Um, this is a great thing to do, you know, I mean, the minute the member of Congress leaves, you just planned on scheduling this maybe on the same line or maybe put it in a different waiting room, you know, put on the waiting room so there's privacy so you can make sure that the member of Congress isn't there. You, you don't want to have a debrief in front of them. Um, but basically during the debrief, you're just going to examine the meeting. You're going to look at, you know, how things went, listen to folks and how their experience was. This is a great time as a leader for you to talk about what went well and take the opportunity to, you know, commend the team members on things that they've done really well. If you have critiques, be sure to, you know, tell them a couple of good things before you deliver that critique and be pretty gentle. Um, this is a great time for the note taker to read back their notes and you guys can add additional color or details that they may have missed. Look back the meeting minutes form maybe and find the section titled important things to capture just to make sure that you've gotten it. For example, you know, the number of open ended questions asked can sometimes be hard to remember or kind of coming up with the amount of time you think that they spoke compared to the team. Um, as a leader, you should verify the plan for follow-up items. So 
you know, you're going to make promises during the meeting that, oh, we're going to follow up with, you know, this study or that information. Um, make sure that somebody has been assigned to do those things, like who's going to write the thank you note, and then put it on your um, calendar and the two days later to check in with all those folks who promised to do follow-ups. I love it. And I think the last thing that we'll do is just remind people the most critical role, again, to play with that note-taking responsibility or you as the meeting leader's backup is making sure that your actual meeting minutes are logged on their action tracker. So we have a great um, training on just in general how to take great notes for CCL lobby meetings. Uh, but in general, here is the link to logging your um, minutes and obviously uh, finding out more about taking great notes. And again, the notes are confidential. They shouldn't be shared with anyone um, outside of your lobby team and your regional coordinator. So as meeting leader, it's really helpful to keep that in mind with your um, note taker as you're writing those, because uh, we're obviously building trust with those offices. And they also help us build momentum. So really taking the detailed documentation for that next round is gonna help over time track our relationship with that member of Congress and their staff. Um, I don't think I'm actually gonna go into all the things that are asked for on the lobby meeting um, minutes uh, in the forum online, unless people have questions. Um, but bottom line, know that if you do have questions, Amy and Keston would love to help you. I'll put a link to Amy's email in the chat if you haven't already found out about that and she can help troubleshoot anything that might be coming up for you and your team. Any of our trainings on CCL Community Now at the very bottom, if you scroll down, you can see a little button that says log your training, that'll automatically log it. And you can also log through the action track in the same place for those meeting minutes. Just go to the chapter and volunteer development and then click training and you'll find it in the drop-down menu. Know that after tonight, you know, we'd love to hear uh, how you use this information. If you have any feedback on additional tips that we didn't cover, feel free to uh, share that in the forums um, or with my email, it says Brent at Citizens Climate. We are so grateful, obviously, for you taking the whole hour to be with us. And uh, we can't wait to hear how your meetings go. And obviously, to inspire us to end tonight, I'll pass it to you, uh, Susan, to close us with the Brene Brown quote. Lovely, lovely. So yeah, uh, above all, the work that you're doing as a meeting lead is to create a sense of connection among the members of your team and between your team and your member of Congress and their staff. So Brene Brown defines connection this way, and I think it's really great. Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. So good luck to all of you as you work on creating connection with your members of your team and between your team and your members of Congress. And thank you so much for the work you're doing. You're making a huge difference. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will 
for a livable world.